All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for another episode of Boss Up with Mr. Key. And today we have a really special guest. Not only is she my sister, one of my closest friends, she's also an actress, a writer, a producer, and just a serial entrepreneur. Without further ado, I want to introduce to the audience Cherry Johnson. Hey, Cherry, how are you? Hey, thank you so much for having me. Oh, no worries. Thank you for coming and taking time out of your day to come deal with me and my crew. So, <laughs> look, you call them coming. You already know that. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, just to give you a backdrop of what we're going to do today, it's Boss Up with Mr. Key. And so, like, there's, you're like the ultimate hustler. When I see what you're doing, I see you out there. And maybe there's a little girl or a little boy or an adult out there listening that might say, hey, you know what? She just gave me some gems. If she can do it, her story's like mine, I can do it too. So, Without further ado, let's go back to uh, when you were in Pampers. Where was that at? (laughs) I was in Pampers in a small town outside of Pittsburgh called Duquesne. Duquesne, Pittsburgh. Yes, it's a little steel mill town in Pennsylvania. Well, Mm. the steel mill's closed now, but we don't have nothing but a place called Kennywood, which is like our magic mountain. Oh, wow. And then we have one grocery store and it's Giant Eagle. And that's it. We don't got nothing else. In a little town like that? Yes. That's where your your origins are from? Yes. It's about seven streets long. Wow. I think I was in um, Pittsburgh or Philadelphia or something, Yorks, Yorkstown or something. Mm-hmm. And it was like one steel mill and a bunch of farms. Was that kind of close to? No. Mine is more like Brick City and Projects. Oh, we ain't got man. no grass. What up, DK? <laughs> Concrete <laughs> I'm from, jungles. I'm from the hood. Oh, man. They said a long time ago it used to be a really nice neighborhood and then the white people burned down our library because they didn't want black people swimming in the pool isn't that something and once that kind of happened and the steel mill closed when the steel mill closed everything took all the jobs yeah and there we go again it's kind of like black wall street like as soon as it's flourishing hey they're doing too much over there right okay okay so you walked around those streets for about how many years before you relocated six Six when years. I moved to California, I was six years old. Now, what made you and your family move to California? My mom wanted to give me a better life. Her sister mm-hmm. had moved to California. Mm-hmm. At that time, she married a man who was an executive producer of TV shows ah. like Laverne and Shirley, The mm-hmm. Odd Couple, The Jeffersons, Mork and Mindy, <laughs> Happy Days. He's done, he was doing, um, the Jeffersons at the time, hmm. and he had just created Silver Spoons. Man, dude was plugged. Like, those are some of my favorite shows. Yeah. shows. I'm showing my age, but like <laughs> back in the day, Jeffersons, Mork and Mindy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were the shows. So you all moved out there. Your aunt was married to this guy, right? My aunt married him. My yeah. uncle, David, who I adore. Uh-huh. He quickly became like one of my favorite people in the world. And he kind of said I was his muse. Mm. And he used my relationship with him Uh and wrote this show called Punky Brewster. Wow. So you inspired that. I inspired it, but he had no intention on me playing my name, Cherry. Oh, why? Why? What happened? Why would he do that? Well, he just, you know, he used to tell me to hurry up and get ready. Mm -hmm. And I would hurry up and get ready. And I'd come to the door and he'd be like, boo, you got on two different shoes. And I'd be like, but I got two different feet. What's wrong with two different shoes? So he used that and created Punky. And then he made her best friend, Cherry, because Uh it was just the name. Yeah, catchy name. Good name. Yeah, it was a good name. But he had Mm. sold the show to NBC Mm. and was like, hey, I, uh, (laughs) the job's not yours. (laughs) But he he gave me the script and said, read it and asked me, what do you think? And I was like, when do we go to work? 
man. Even then, you were like a sassy little kid. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. I know her daughter, so I see exactly probably <laughs> what she was like as a youngster. Absolutely. She's totally like me. Um, I believe I manifested my whole life. Mm. And for me, I was like, it's my name. How are you going to hire somebody else to do my name? And he was like, well, you have to audition. Hmm. And I did seven times. I was six. And you're six negotiating like, hey, this this is my role. I had two choices. Mm -hmm. Negotiate that I was going to go to work with my favorite person in the world. Mm Or go to school. And I really felt like the curriculum at school wasn't challenging me enough. And it was a waste of my time. Yeah. So I needed a job. Oh, wow. And I didn't just need a job. I needed that job. (laughs) Because my aunt gave me a job watering her plants, but she fired me. What did mama think while this was going on? Actually, mommy didn't even really know what was going on. Because we had just got to California. So she was trying to like transition and Mm -hmm. get a job and start a career for herself. So my aunt and uncle were my babysitters. My aunt actually snuck me to the first audition without telling her. (laughs) What was that like being in front of people reading the script? I paid it no attention because Mm. when I walked in, it was like, you know, 10 guys Mm -hmm. sitting in chairs waiting to watch you. But my uncle was sitting in the chair. Oh, So did you just focus on your uncle? I didn't focus on any of them. I focused on getting my lines right because I needed that job. Man. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) What six-year-old like is so tenacious where it's like, I'm getting this. This is mine. I'm owning it. (laughs) Well, I had been to work with him and I had watched Ricky Schroeder work and I could read really early. So my uncle would hand me a script and say, hey, any words that they get wrong or whatever they miss out on, make sure you highlight it. So I know. So I thought I had a really important job. He was just keeping me quiet. But I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know that. I thought I had a job. And so I had watched other actors like Aaron Gray, who I fell in love with, who was Mm -hmm. on the show with Ricky and Alfonso Ribeiro. I had watched them work. So I told my uncle many times, I could do that. Hmm. I could do that. So you were kind of like a natural. Did you take any classes or acting courses? My mom made me take acting classes after I had a job. (laughs) But I quit. You're like, I'm already working. I can do this. Well, the thing that happened was they were Saturday mornings, Mm -hmm. right? I worked Monday through Friday. Saturday and Sunday were my days. So my mom took me to this acting class on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And this this man handed me the script. And it was Heidi. What? And it was like a hundred and something pages. Uh-huh. I had to go to work on my day. So I had to learn my own script. I was like, nah. I told him, I'm not doing this. Right. It's a waste of my time. It's too much work. And it's too much for me to think about. And I told her I wasn't going back. So she Man, some, somebody was repossessed <laughs> in your soul. Like at six years old, seven years old, doing all this. <laughs> some older lady was <laughs> one of your ex-aunts or one of your ancestors came back and was like, look. My family told me that there was nothing in this world that I couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And if I wanted it. No, sometimes didn't mean no. It meant not right now. Hmm. And there was nothing that I couldn't do. I was crazy enough to listen to them and to truly believe them. They sold that seed in you really early. Yes, hmm. totally. Okay. okay, so you 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 obviously wooed them on the uh, the audition. Seven times. Seven times. I had to go in seven times. What was that about? Is that standard? They Well, it's callbacks. They audition mm-hmm. girls in Chicago. They audition mm-hmm. girls in New York. So they were seeing everybody, you know, from everywhere. Did they know they Come wanted in. a little black girl for that part? They did. Well, wait a minute. You're black and Puerto Rican? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So they did <laughs> They did know they wanted, like, some kind of nappy head. Yeah, I'm, I'm Afro-Latino all day. But they definitely, they wanted a black girl and okay. they wanted uh, Soleil to be white. Okay. 
And Soleil and I actually met at the first audition. We became uh-huh. friends. And then connected from that point. Yes. Was she just as like sassy and savvy as you were back then? Or you like- she was more professional really? and quiet mm. because her brother was in the business. So she was already like very, you know, trained mm. and she'd watch her brother go through the process. But uh-huh. waiting in the waiting room until we went in, we started drawing Laying hmm. on a chair with each other. It's kind of like, what are you drawing? What are you drawing? Okay, hey, I can draw that too, huh? Yeah. Okay, okay. And so, all right, so you did the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those, again, it's Punky Brewster. Check it out. Google it. YouTube it. We're on Peacock, baby. On and Peacock. Yes, right. and the reboot is on there, too. So you get to see us grown together again. <laughs> see, yeah, we're going to get to the reboot. So, okay, you did that show. How long did it go on for? Four years. Four years. Mm-hmm. Man, it seemed like it was aired longer than that. It was. We were in syndication. Mm. And we ran, I believe, like six years. So how many hours a week did you work as a child? Oh, I was, I had a good old nine to five. Hmm. There's 40 hours, like boom. Yeah. And, and 40 hours get you one episode or? Yes. Wow. We worked Monday through Friday. I was at work at like nine o'clock hmm. in the morning. I was out at six. So for, you know, sitcom life, do you just basically do the whole show first, then they air it and then you're working on season two? Is that how it works? We're or? about three weeks ahead of schedule. Oh, three weeks. Yeah. So by the time hmm. you guys see something air, we shot it. You already had like, like three two weeks or three ago. weeks. Yeah. yeah. Live studio audience. We did. We used to shoot two studio audiences ah. a day. We had a afternoon show and a late night show. What was that like? Like seeing these people that they really have like laugh now signs and stuff like that. They do. They have like these applaud signs and, and laugh. <laughs> and then there's a guy who like warms up the audience mm-hmm. who will sit there and. <laughs> what studio was that at? We were at NBC. NBC. So did you run and bump into like um, Arnold and Willis from different strokes? We Okay. So I totally hung out with Gary Coleman. Oh, wow. He, he was by Ace Boone Coon. And I love Gary because actually when I met him later on in life, Gary said, I can't believe you're still doing this. I can't oh, wow. believe you're still in Hollywood. He said, do me a favor. Best advice of my life. Mm-hmm. He said, get out of here. Mm. One day, get out of here. Take some time and live mm-hmm. for yourself. Why did he say that? What was what was it about? He was right. Mm-hmm. For me, mm-hmm. um, about 37 years in, I started feeling suffocated. Mm-hmm. And he knew that that time would come. Yeah, he knew that time would come because he's been there. He's he saw the writing on a wall. Yeah. And I'm sure like for anyone that's aspiring to be an actor or an actress, it, would you recommend that, hey, get in, but make sure you take some time out for yourself? You know, I think I, I'm lucky. Okay. You know my mama. Mm-hmm. So I come from a family who never really cared about Hollywood. Right. And I was more like Holly from the hood instead yeah. of Hollywood. <laughs> so I, I stayed very grounded. I had a life and yeah. that was just my job. Hmm. So, you know, how many times did mama have to curse some people out on the studio? Curse me out. (laughs) Mom was there. And that's one thing I can say. I got very lucky because there was never a time that I was on set where my mother was not present. Mm, That's good. And that's another thing. Like people like the whole R. Kelly thing. And I won't get too deep. But like, how do you leave your kids unattended? Well, some of the mothers groomed their children. Hmm. So you try to like, hey, you're mm-hmm. our lottery ticket type of thing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's not cool. That's not right, especially in that industry, because it seems like it'll swallow you up and spit you out really quick. Unfortunately, a lot of the times trafficking starts at home. Wow. That's yeah. key. Like, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. Oh, I watched it. And the people that are closest to you like, will serve you up, huh? Yep. Wow, man. 
So, all right, so we did Punky Brewster, and yeah. then after that, what was next? I kind of know, but let's see. Well, what was next? Let's the big next, or like just? Yeah, let's say after that. What, I was like, after what, that, I did Days of Our Lives for six months, uh, and then I went on and I did a pilot mm-hmm. with uh, Martin Lawrence. Really? Yeah, that didn't go, and Vanessa Bell Codway called It's a Bit Strange. What was that about? <laughs> it was actually Sabrina the Teenage Witch in uh, black version. With Martin? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but they weren't ready to see black witches on TV, so yeah. we didn't get picked up. Uh, Topper Carew, who mm-hmm. went on to do The Martin Show, the yeah. executive producer, was a producer of that. Hmm. And then shortly after, I got a job on a little show called Family Matters. Yeah, Family Matters. <laughs> I grew up with that one, too. Thank like, you. <laughs> I love that show. So on, on Family Matters, what was the difference b- between being on the set as you know punky brewster set versus family matters for me huge difference mm-hmm. uh the age difference was one so okay. now i know i'm working on mm-hmm. punky i had no idea it was a job oh. like i was running around having the time of my life <laughs> and they really let us be kids the studio hands weren't yelling hey get over here stop running around no they were like we bought you guys a bike. <laughs> yeah, it was totally different. It was like, you know, here's some hula hoops. We got skates. We rode our skates through Johnny Carson's set. What? Like, yeah, we were, we, Soleil and I, <laughs> we were bad. Terrace. <laughs> but NBC at the time, we had a great president. He was Brandon Tartikoff. He really okay. loved children. He was a father mm. and he believed in letting kids be kids. Good. So not that Family Matters didn't do that, but we were older. Yeah, you were teenaging, you know, you know years at that point, right? Yeah, we yeah. were teenagers. We were driving to work. Oh, so it was yeah. kind of like we knew we had a job. Mm. We still playing. Mm-hmm. Me and Darius go hard. We still play. <laughs> um, and then Sean was there, who uh-huh. was also on Punky Brewster. Mm. He was my first like little love interest ever on screen in mm. life, and then ended up being my boyfriend for eight years. In real, real on, life? No, on, oh, on the matters. show. Yeah, yeah. Right. Waldo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Waldo Fondo. Oh man, that's crazy yeah. how things come full circle. So let me ask you this, because we're boss up with Mr. Key, so. Think about this from when you did the first show and then there were some things in between and then Family Matters. When did the business side of the industry start to click? (laughs) When Family Matters was over. Oh, wow. (laughs) I was a kid. I was just kind of going through the motions. You know, people were watching the show. But for me, I never watched the show Mm because it came on Friday nights. We shot Friday nights. Uh, but me and Darius was trying to hurry up and get out of there because we was going to the club. Like we get up out of here. We had a real life. <laughs> yes, I had a real life and I wasn't really thinking about it. I was just kind of going through it. It's not until Punky and Family Matters were over mm-hmm. that I was like, I'm going to like need to do something with my life. What is that? Mm-hmm. And then you, you have to figure out, am I going to keep acting? Because that's not what I wanted to do initially. You were burnt out from it or what? No, I never wanted to be an actor. Hmm. It was never my game plan. Hmm. I always wanted to be an architect. Wow, it's crazy. I'm telling my daughter, be an architect. I want you to design the first hotel that the family buys. That's totally what I wanted to do. I thought that I was going to be building like beautiful big hmm. buildings and wow. bridges yeah, I did not know that. Wow, I don't. Interesting. That's that's why I'm so into like you know breaking down walls. Yeah, and- <laughs> like ladies and gentlemen, like any house you take this woman into, she will redesign it, tear down a wall, redo the kitchen. Like that's the first thing she thinks about. Absolutely. Uh, so let me ask you this: so we go back and um, first of all, I, I, for the audience out there, I want to know too, like um, Jaleel, Steve Urkel, what was his real name? Jaleel White. Jaleel White. Was he really annoying in person like he was on the show? 
No comment. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, it's kind of hard to ask me that because we kind of grew up like siblings, uh, you know, because we were all kids. We were all kids. So it was like, you know, Kelly and Darius mm-hmm. and um, not really Sean. Sean was a little bit older and more mature than uh-huh. we were. But Darius and Jalil were very much like brothers to me. Yeah. How many times so, you beat them up? Let's just... A lot. Okay. <laughs> a lot. But we also loved each other. Good. You know, I could beat them up, but nobody else can. Are you all still family? <laughs> like, would you say that? I don't talk to Jalil, mm-hmm. but if somebody, if there was an issue, I'd show up. <laughs> um, Jalil and I don't talk. Sean and I talk almost every day. Oh, nice. Kelly and I talk. I talked to Kelly's stepmother this morning. Mm, um, nice. We talk occasionally. I haven't seen her in a very long time. But Darius, that's my husband. I see him all <laughs> Are they still <laughs> mostly in California or are they like all over? They're all over. Uh, you know, Kelly lives in D.C. Oh, nice. Chocolate City. And Darius, I don't know. It depends on the day <laughs> where, he, where he is. We got to get him to Texas for a while to come visit. He comes, but he just don't sit down long. Uh, he you know, he was in Miami and then he was in Vegas and he's kind of like my butterfly. <laughs> he moves around and records it for you because I know you just like lay low. So wait yeah. a minute. Let's go back. Let me catch that. So mm-hmm. after the show, you started learning about the business. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of give me a few tidbits of what what that looked well, like. I'll tell you my journey and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll make it quick. Um, after the show was over, I started auditioning. And I couldn't get a job to save my life. Why do you think that was? Did they pit like so many? I was a little girl from Punky Brewster and Uh, the little girl from Family Matters. And I was that little girl. But I was really in my mid-20s. They Mm -hmm. just saw me in a cheerleading uniform for 10 years. (laughs) And it was like they weren't going to let me play a drug dealer. They Mm -hmm. weren't going to let me. So finally in December, Mm -hmm. I landed a job and that was on the Parkers. Oh, I remember that show. Yes. (laughs) And then after I did the Parkers, I was like, I got to do something, but I was ready to stop auditioning. Mm -hmm. And I realized I needed to take my career into my own hands. Mm -hmm. I went home, had a long talk with my uncle, Mm -hmm. who's very much like my mentor. And I started Mm -hmm. producing films. Nice. Producing films. Like, Mm -hmm. where'd you get that game from? Just being on a set for most of your life as a kid or? From learning. Actually, there's a director who's doing extremely well right now. His name Mm -hmm. is Dion Taylor. Dion Taylor. Who I'm totally proud of. Dion and I, we were in Colorado Mm -hmm. going to a football game. And as we were driving up this mountain, he was telling me how we needed to do this horror story and da 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 da. And he was going to write this horror story. And I was like, write it. Mm -hmm. And he wrote it. Him and Brian Hooks got together and wrote it. I produced it. I convinced them that they needed to start directing. Hmm. And we walked through every scene together and that just, it took off. It just took off to the next level. Wow. (laughs) So like in in between there, and we're going to get back to the movies and the producing, but I also see you, like your daughter has a book out. Yeah. Like you sell, you know, books I mean, you sell products. Yeah. I mean, you're a brand. And so, like, when did you realize that, hey, I can do this, too? I always wanted to be a writer. Mm -hmm. And I think when I couldn't get a job acting, Mm -hmm. because I was being typecast, I started writing stuff, right? Right. And I always told my mom that I was going to be an author. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, I need to publish my book. I started publishing. My daughter started publishing. And it Mm -hmm. just turned into a whirlwind Hmm. writing became my therapy and people always ask me well what do you like to do better do you like to write or do you like to produce or do you like to act and the way I put it is acting is my marriage Uh right is what I've done the longest is what I'm tied to it's how Mm -hmm. everybody knows me right producing is my misdoer and I love him because he challenges me (laughs) right but writing is my therapy that keeps my marriage and my misdoer very happy 
how did you stay inspired to do all three of those things actually like what, what i can be inspired doing? by anything hmm. something you can say can just sit in my head later and i can write a whole story about it wow have you experienced yeah. writer's block at any point absolutely i don't write on demand i write when i want hmm. that's the best way to do it right yeah i can't hmm. do it on demand and then i'm also a certified nutritionist and i own a wellness center in nice. miami called keon nice which stands for keeping it all natural see Hustler. Well, I don't like hustler. That diminishes. No, it. no, no. You can call me Ball hustler. Ball CEO. <laughs> that is better. <laughs> well, I've been a CEO since I was six. Yeah, see, you've so, been of your own brand, right? <laughs> pretty much. So, what what are some of the pitfalls? We talked about. Um, you know, he. You know, your your colleague and your good friend was like, "Hey, you need to like make sure you take some time out." Yeah. For someone aspiring to kind of go in your footsteps, give me some information that you would tell them that you think would be valuable. Oh, the biggest thing is if you want to be an actor, you only land one job out of 100 auditions. Hmm. So don't take those 100 no's as it ain't happening. Take it as a not right now, uh-huh. like I was taught when I was a kid. Hmm. And if you keep going, something is going to give. And manifestation is so huge. For real. Anything you can see yourself with, you can have. You have to, so that that's good. I like that. Yeah, you have to. You know, I didn't know what manifestation was, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what the secret was. I was just telling my niece about this, who's mm-hmm. who's out there. Um, the other day, I was having a conversation with my friend Andre, mm-hmm. and on not this Andre, but another Andre. And Andre sat me down, and he said, "Have you ever heard of the secret?" And I was young and dumb. I was like, "What secret?" You being modest. Hold on, Andre, Doctor Dre. Yeah. Yeah. See, you being <laughs> modest. All right, go ahead, yeah. finish your story. And I was like, "What secret?" And he was like, "The secret." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I don't know what you're talking about." He's like, "You need to read the book." Mm-hmm. So I sat down and I read the book, The Secret, and I realized. Oh, the law of attraction, manifestation. This is how I've lived my whole life, but I didn't know there was an actual name for it. And he told me anything you want, just visualize it, write it down, see yourself with it, and you can have it. Mm-hmm. Do you take yourself in a happy place, a quiet place, or how do you focus on seeing yourself in this visual? You know, I wake up at five o'clock in the morning before everybody else in my house does Mm -hmm. while it's still quiet. Mm -hmm. And I spend an hour to myself. That's good. And that hour is spent the first 10 minutes I'm thinking of Mm -hmm. what I want to do for my day. Mm -hmm. The next 10 minutes is kind of just like focusing and visualizing myself do it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I visualize everything. I thought it was anxiety because I do have anxiety, but Mm -hmm. I think it's a way that I've coped with it. Where if I'm going on a trip, I visualize myself actually packing my luggage Each step of the trip everything wow. whether it's taking a shower brushing my teeth mm. you know homeschooling my daughter i visualize the whole day and then i visualize what i want to accomplish that day mm, nice nice how long how many years would you well that's really systematic and that's a good way to do it mm-hmm. but had you always done it that way or was it just yeah. kind of natural i mean when punky when once he handed me the script the punky brewster script nobody was doing it but me because mm-hmm. i visualized myself playing my and own that road mm-hmm. oh nice that's nice so i mean there you have it right there i like to do the same thing get up my thing is kind of like staring in the sun and close my eyes and that'll give me like a backdrop in my mind And then I just place myself doing the things that I want to do and, you know, helping the people I want to help. And it's never about money with me, though. I don't visualize rolling around in dough. Right. Me neither. I I visual myself, visualize myself doing the things I love, helping the people. And if you are good at it, then money is just the money will come. But think about it. Even so, Andre, I'm going to tell secrets. Andre helped me find my dream house. Right. Uh Uh But I had visualized it. 
I knew what I wanted. Remember, I drove you crazy because yeah. I knew in my head. I was like, we're never going to find <laughs> this damn house. <laughs> but what happened? It came, boom. You just happened to ride by it and was like, hey, I went in and this is it. And this is it. <laughs> it was every, I had made a blueprint and put it under my bed mm-hmm. two years prior from us finding it. Wow. And in the process of moving, I found the blueprint of the house and bust out laughing because it's exactly what I it's got. Exactly. I mean, we were going in houses and she was like, <laughs> I could just tear out a wall and add a bathroom on the back porch to make it my dream house. And I'm like, ah, that's a lot. But this one, boom. But you remember what you told me? Mm-hmm. You said, be patient. Be patient. Be patient. Yeah. Don't be hasty. Mm-hmm. Don't settle. Mm-hmm. What you want will come when it's supposed to. That came from right you. Right on time. You're right. And mm-hmm. it did just drop. And everything kind of worked out right on time. Yes. So be- that was good. Because there were so many that I thought that I wanted that mm-hmm. I got outbidded for. Remember? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly true. Think about some of those houses. If you would have won the bid, how unhappy you would have been. Oh, yeah. I, we'd still be in construction. <laughs> For sure. Be living in a construction zone. Good, good. So manifestation is yeah. a key. Visualizing what you want, talking about it. How do you how do you do it when like do you voice to others like, hey, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be. It depends. I'm very quiet about who I voice my ideas and opinions to. Yeah. I voice them to you mm-hmm. because you're like minded. Mm-hmm. I voice them to Andre because he's like minded. Mm-hmm. But even my own family, I don't share my ideas and my thoughts with all of them because their vision is not my vision. It's not people mm-hmm. crush your dreams really quick. Like, absolutely. Why would you want to do that? And what? What are you thinking? And they, and they talk you out of it. Yeah, they do. They do. When did you mm-hmm. learn that? Like, okay, I'm keeping this. To myself at this point a long time ago mm-hmm. you know being being an actress it's really a dream yeah. right so when you tell people one day i want to play this and one day i want to get killed in a movie and one day i mm-hmm. i want to get raped and i want to have a threesome on film mm-hmm. people don't understand those things yeah and yeah. you know they why would you want to do that it's like hey it's art and that's where i see myself taking my career yeah. but think about it you mentioned you came from hey you came from the hood i did yeah. too and unfortunately, there's a lack of vision in the hood by design, by ancestry, by, you know, slavery and the yes. things that was done to our culture. Um, but you broke through that. Well, especially money. Mm-hmm. Like you can't take money advice from somebody who's never had money. That is so true. That's true. You can't take investment advice from somebody who's never invested. Yeah. And I learned that very early because there were some moves that I should have made that mm-hmm. I did not make. Mm-hmm. Because people who had never made them scared me. I was going to ask you that. How do you overcome fear? Because there's always some fear to trying to do these things. Success and failure go hand in hand. I can't tell you how many times I failed. Mm. The bottom line is I'm not scared to. You're not I, scared. No, I've gotten really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> you know some of my failures. Failure. When I fail, I fail big. Nice. But when I win, I win even bigger. And it makes up for my failures. Man, it feels so good when you do that. And it's kind of back to the hundred no's till you get a yes or whatever. Yeah. That's the same mentality I took with my business. Hey, I'll talk to a hundred people, talk about real estate. They'll hang up in my face, say no. But I know that, hey, once I get to hundred and one being I'm going to get it. And it kind of was true to form. And they went from a hundred no's to one. Yes. Yes. To 75 to 50. And now people just reach out to me. So, yes. you know, it'll grow that way the same way I envisioned it. And so I rather self-sabotage myself mm-hmm. than let somebody else sabotage yeah. me or, or, or hen pick me or hinder me. 
Like if I go out and I lose my money, it's because I gambled it. Right. But it was a choice that I made rather than somebody taking it from me. Let me ask you this though. Um, You know, you manifest a lot of things in your life and I've witnessed it firsthand. Um, But about your circle, Mm -hmm. it feels like it's pretty small. Do you keep it like that? It's extremely small. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They say the first, the closest five people to you is who you become. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people I don't want to become. Mm. And if I don't admire their life and I don't admire the steps that they take, I'm not hanging around them. You're not hanging around. No, huh? I don't want to be with a bunch of women who cheat on their husband or a bunch of men who cheat on their wives. I don't mm-hmm. want that in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't. God forgive me. I got a lot of friends who used to be broke. You know what I'm saying? But I can't hang out with y'all because y'all make me broke, too, because I always got to pay for breakfast and lunch and dinner. <laughs> right. When I got here, Andre bought me a sandwich. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not that I wouldn't buy him one, right. but it's nice for somebody to return it to you sometimes and when you hang out with all broke people you don't get that because I'm always the one that got to foot the bills I can't spend my time with you did you ever feel like survivor's remorse I'm sure there was a transition when you kind of transitioned to started making money and had those broke or older friends that you wanted to hold on to but did you feel a little survivor's remorse like hey I need to absolutely not Hmm. and let me tell you why because my phone didn't ring anymore when I wasn't uh, going to the club Ah. and they didn't have to you know that now they had to stand in line because I didn't want to go or I wasn't Mm -hmm. paying for free dinners anymore Ah. they weren't calling me or looking for me so that taught you a lesson like hey what are they really around for right I was sitting down with my friend Mm -hmm. Andre Mm -hmm. and he looks at me one day and he said how many of them have ever bought you dinner Mm -hmm. and I looked at him and I was like wow you (laughs) yeah and it was like him and Antoine Mm -hmm. and you know a few others and Jocelyn Uh, you know uh, and those are the ones that you know that are around now yeah besides from that Mm -hmm. the rest of them had to go how do you um being um you know an actress, a producer, having your face like you have a nice following. How do you avoid the weirdos? Oh, I don't. They're there. <laughs> <laughs> They're definitely there. What's uh, the weirdest? Give me a story that like some weird guy. Oh, well, I lived in Woodland Hills at one point, mm-hmm. not far from the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in my bedroom and I felt somebody looking at me. And I was like, what is that? You know, you look your window and I looked out my sliding glass door and he was staring at me. He had came in and unscrewed the sensor lights in my backyard so that he could watch me and I didn't see him there. So statistically, just to let you know, from the time I was six years old, every seven years, I got a stalker, Mm. right? The stalker's around for a couple years. Every five years, they threaten your life. Mm. So once I moved away from my mother's house, I moved every five years just to keep me safe. Just kind of keep it moving. No route, no routine that someone can follow and track. And they do. They show up at your house. Um, The Internet is the devil. And, um, you know, everybody's findable. And when they want you, they find you. I've had people threatened when they when they came to my house. I called the police. Mm. They found duct tape, ropes. And gloves in my backyard. What? Yeah, and he had said he was coming to rape me. People are sick, man. Gosh. Absolutely. And and I remember like just help, helping you look for a property, and somebody had gotten wind of it mm-hmm. and started messaging you. Oh, mm-hmm. la la la! You're gonna move here? And I'm like what? And unfortunately, like I should have did a um, NDA mm-hmm. before I moved last time. Yeah. Because the other agent told all the neighbors yeah, the that I was moving in. Yeah. yeah. They told all the neighbors I was moving in and hmm. 
Yeah. A lesson learned. That's something yeah. like anybody out there remember to do an NDA <laughs> if you are going to go with somebody that you don't know. Um, so or it was the other agent. Yeah, it was the other agent. He like, was just kind of like, hey, yeah, he recognized you, and then it was went from there. He googled me. He googled from you. the name on the contract. Yes, they he did. He yeah, did. and then he just started spreading the word and tried to act like, oh, I don't know how it happened. Yeah, <laughs> man. So. Thanks. So let's fast forward. So you you did some things. And then as of late, I think during COVID, you Mm -hmm. did the Punky Brewster reboot, right? Yeah, we did. What was that like working during COVID? It was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it was a challenge. I felt bad for, you know, our production team because they're the ones that had the hard time. So Lay and I were playing, Mm -hmm. you know, they COVID tested 180 people two times a day. Oh, my God. That's hella expensive. Hmm. And it's a lot. We had to wear masks and shields. And then when it was time to shoot, take it off we and then off. put it back on. But our whole crew had masks and shields on the whole entire time. Talking about a lot of sweaty faces. Gosh. <laughs> Literally. And our makeup team was not allowed on set. So it was it was really challenging for everybody mm. else. I think I just had so much fun. Mm. And I just love seeing Soleil every day. Yeah. I didn't care. That was lovely. Huh? Yeah. And you kind of stepped outside of your range a little bit. Maybe not, but I think you. Kiss the girl. It wasn't my first time kissing a girl on screen. Oh, okay, okay. But I did. I, not only did I kiss a girl, but I got engaged. I fell in love. It was my oh, first time man. falling in love. How much does art screen. imitate life? You mean, have I ever kissed a girl in real life? Like, have you ever fell in love with a girl in real life? Um, No, just Jalissa Lynn. Uh-huh. Jalissa Lynn is the love of my life. I, I totally adore her. My mama totally adores her. And she's the first girl that I kissed on screen, but Media Takeout posted it, and 750,000 people like looked at it in an hour to see if I was gay or straight. Oh, my gosh. And so Jalissa and I will forever have that bond, because she was in New York and I was in L.A., and she called me like, oh, my God, boo. I was like, what? She's like, we're famous. And I was like, what? Y'all are basically married. Oh, she's so... 750 people's eyes. Literally. Thousands. And she she was so cute. She was like, please tell your mom I said, I'm sorry. And mm. I was like, for what? Yeah. And she was like, well, I don't know how she's going to, you know, react. And I said, oh my God, Jalissa, I'm sorry. Are your parents okay? She's like, I'm gay. Oh, wow. <laughs> she's like, my parents, no, it's okay. <laughs> and so it was, it was totally cute. So you did that the reboot and it, it was on Peacock, yeah. right? Yes, it's yeah. on Peacock. Is it still showing? It you is. It? Yes, you can catch all 10 episodes uh-huh. anytime you want. And I'm still, you know, falsely holding on to hope uh-huh. that after everything settles down, they'll realize that they made a mistake and they'll let me come back and get mm-hmm. married on screen. Yeah, finish that out. Yeah, they yes. definitely have to do that. Yes, I at least want another season so that I can get married and we can find out if Punky and Travis get back together and what's See? going on with them kids. There you go, there you go. We need to petition <laughs> for that. I want to know. Inquiring minds. I know. do want to know. At least give us like a Punky movie or something. <laughs> hey, Ankh, are you listening? We need like a Punky <laughs> movie. So, I think you've learned some stuff from being on set during the pandemic yeah. and now you produce some films and you told me something pretty interesting. Like you're producing films virtually almost. Like. Yeah. But you know, during the pandemic you had to figure out a way hmm. there's only so many people allowed on set. So hmm. like you get one producer on set, you get one writer sometimes on set, sometimes they have to be in the ear wow. and your director hmm. because you can't have a lot of people there. So I learned, you know, how the big guys are doing it. Nice. They are sitting home watching everybody, you know, virtually producing. Wow. 
I Everybody love it. Everybody can work from home now. Any you hear that? Anybody can work from home. Yes. I was doing like uh, appointments with buyers and sellers virtually too, and I kept a little bit of that too. Like, have you don't have time for me to come over? How about we just zoom and we can look at each other face to face? I can show you my slide presentation, and we can do this from the comfort of our own homes. I love it. You took that to a whole nother level. Yes. How many films have you produced like that? Three. Three films. Yes. Dang. I love it, and I never. You know, it's so funny. Because because I got a job the other day as a uh-huh. producing job. And I was like, well, do I have to really come in? <laughs> because I figured out a way I don't have to come in. Yeah. All you really have to do is put a phone on a tripod and let me watch. Wow. Let me talk to people. We'll have team meetings. You know, I can still be there to run them. Exactly. All they mm-hmm. need is your voice, your your vision. And you can do that with a camera phone nowadays. You Absolutely. Can be there. Not necessarily being there. Right. Yeah. Well, at first, it's so cute. We had hired... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we hired somebody and their whole job was to hold the phone up for me all day and oh, hand the wow. phone to people. <laughs> hey, if you want to break through, like, hey, I would have took that job. If I, it sounds like an intern job, but she actually got paid. Huh? She got paid and she was so helpful and so sweet. She was my eyes and ears, you know, on the set. Mm-hmm. But it was she lived there. She was local. It was cheaper to have her there than to mm-hmm. fly me in, put me up because it's not just me. It's like the whole family. Mm-hmm. And um, it worked out. It worked out. It worked out. Let me ask you this. Now that you're on the producer side, Mm -hmm. do you have an eye for talent? Like, can you see some people or a guy, girl, whatever, uh, non-binary, whatever, and be like, man, I think I can cast you in a film. Absolutely. That it factor. You know what it is? It's Mm -hmm. can you listen and can you follow direction? Oh, simple steps. Yeah. And do I believe you? Hmm. You'll be amazed at how many people can't do the first two things. Mm -hmm. Now, do I believe you? I don't know. There's a lot of con artists out there that can. (laughs) You know I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's inside jokes, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. if they can follow directions and, Mm -hmm. you know, there's something interesting about them, for sure. Nice, nice. Hey, I added a new segment to the show, and um, this is the first time that I'm going to try this out with you. Um, so go. here we go. The inaugural uh, show idea that I came up. Wes doesn't even know about him. Our producer, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm going to say a word and I want you to just tell me um, kind of what it means to you or the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. It can be a sentence or a one word answer. But let's start with uh, sitcom. My life. Wow. Hmm. My life has been a sitcom. Interesting. Now you have to go a little deeper than that. Tell me why. Well, because I've spent my whole life doing sitcoms mm-hmm. and every day in my house, you know, the jokesters that I live with, mm-hmm. it's a whole TV show. <laughs> every day. My daughter is a whole t- My daughter told me today that she didn't want to do geography. She had a whole meltdown that she didn't want to do geography because, you know, life is so short and she should spend it doing things that she enjoys. And right wow. now, this is just not something that I want to do. I was like, you know, this is not real life, right? <laughs> that was kind of a firm case, though. Like, how could you deny? I can see rhythm doing that. Like, I would have totally been a sucker. I'm like, all right, go ahead. Well, yeah, but how long do you do that for? Like, it's about to be the end of the year. Oh, yeah. Finish this book. Right, girl, we need to get these grades right now. I'm trying to have a summer. Hot girl summer. I'm still cute. I want my bikini on. All right, here we go. So that was sitcom. So the other uh, word that I have is diversity. Diversity. So important. I think the importance of diversity, most people actually miss because they don't know what it is. I think when you say diversity to white people, the first thing they think is black and white. Mm -hmm. It's bigger than that. Mm. Diversity is different thoughts, 
different cultures, melting them all together. It's not just black and white. The mm. diversity is so big. Diversity is education. Mm, diversity is education. I like that. I like that. What about producing? Mm, happy chaos. Mm. It's like a wedding. It's like being a wedding coordinator, right? Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Mm. It's like HR. You're managing 180 people. That's 180 personalities. So I throw out an invitation. Uh -huh. Some people accept. Some people don't. And then we have to figure out how to make this project happen. It's mm. just like a wedding. You got to be a good team player to be able to. You got to not take yourself seriously. And not take other people seriously and not take things personally. Learn how to not give a beep. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't. Andre knows that. Yeah. I have, um, I'm silly. Mm -hmm. And so I find the joke and, and the happiness and everything mm -hmm. if I can. So everything is always half full instead of half empty and woe is me. It's always, hey, you're always looking at the brighter side of things, right? I laugh everything off. You have to. Mm. Or you end up like being stressed and having a stroke. I don't want that. I'm cute. Mm. <laughs> you don't want half of your face hanging off. No, <laughs> it is not that serious. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because somebody's freaking out simply because their microphone lost batteries. Okay, so I'm going to go get your batteries. Mm. Like, it's not that serious. Yeah, I have this new thing like, hey, it's not going to send me to jail. It's not going to kill me. What the hell do I care for? Like, what? I had to tell somebody one time, I was like, you guys need to calm down. Mm -hmm. We are entertaining people. We are not curing cancer. Mm. Nobody's going to die. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. not that serious. <laughs> nice, nice. Last word, happiness. Oh, everything. Everything you should do should be to make you happy. Should have revolved around your happiness. Yes. Mm. It doesn't matter what career you pick, how you spend your day. Mm. If saying yes to somebody else is going to make you unhappy, learn to say no mm. and put your happiness first. Nice. What if people say, are you selfish? Yes. <laughs> yes. You know it's going to come, right? Yes. <laughs> if you live for your happiness, yes. you're selfish. And, and you know what? I have to be. Mm. Because if I'm not happy, nobody else is going to be happy either. Mm. Preach. I like that one. All right. So one last thing um, for anybody that's out there that is looking at walking a similar path to what you've done. It's different now because you can go on YouTube and become a star or whatever. Yes. Like what word of advice would you give that person? Have fun. Mm. Don't take your life so serious. Like I said, you're not curing cancer. Mm. You're trying to entertain somebody. Do what you want to do mm. and do what makes you happy and whatever you can sleep with at night. Mm. Because there's those jobs that come that I can't sleep at night after doing them. So I don't do them. I say right. no. Hmm. You have to go with what vibes and what meshes with you, what meshes with your energy, right? Cicely Tyson told me something a long time ago. I was a little mm -hmm. girl. And she said, don't ever do anything that you're going to be embarrassed for your grandma to see. Mm. And so I went to my grandmother being funny. And that's where the rumors came from, probably about me doing Playboy. Uh -huh. And I said, Grandma, what what happens if I do Playboy? You going to be sad? Is, are you going to be shamed? Mm -hmm. She said, no, you're going to bring me an autographed copy. I'm going to put your naked ass. And so I laughed and I was like, you know, it was a big lesson though, because I was like, well, okay, grandma, that's not something that I would do, mm -hmm. but it was a lesson. And my grandmother was basically saying, if you're okay with doing Playboy, then I'm okay with you doing hey. Jalissa Lynn did Playboy. Hey, yeah, I saw that. I saw <laughs> did that. You? When am I going to meet her? No, no, never mind. I don't she get can it. come visit anytime she wants. <laughs> Hey, well, hey, I, my takeaways definitely is envision what you want for your life. Yes. 
And don't take yourself too seriously. No. Like, be happy and enjoy the moment. Enjoy what God has given you because I think you only have one time to be you on this earth. That's exactly what my daughter was saying when she didn't want to do geography today. <laughs> <laughs> She's on the show next. I need her on the show next. She would come. Life, life is short, man. Yes. Do what's going to make you happy and mm-hmm. live for yourself. I like it. Like a well said. Hey, Cherry, if anybody wants to find you on social media or any of your projects, this is your time to promote. Let them know where they can find your movies, where they can find you if you want to be found. Yeah, well, hey, you can find me everywhere on social media. I'm Cherry Johnson 75. You can go to therealcherry.com. You can check out my spa at keepingitallnatural.com. I got six movies out on Tubi and I got a few books out on Amazon. Nice. Tubi. Check that out. Amazon. Check her out. Andre. Check me out here at Boss Up with Mr. Key. Yes. And to everyone out there, it's a wrap.